0: Chat Workout WeChat Go to the Cliff Central account Tab Connect Then Message to Show On Radio On
1: Radio More of the good stuff Clifcentral.com
2: What does this button do? Please,
1: please Do not push the button You have no idea what it is What the f-
0: talking tech
2: With the techie guy, Liron Segev, on clefcentral.com. And welcome to another episode of Talking Tech on clefcentral.com. My name is Liron Segev, known as the techie guy. And the point of our show is, as usual, is to make tech simple for anybody to understand, not just the five geeks in the IT room. And to make it a lot easier, we've got lots of guests. And in the studio, we have Daryl Levington, who's our co-host for today from IT News Africa. How you doing? How you doing? Fantastic. Okay, and we've also got Walter, who's going to be talking to us about email research that they've conducted in South Africa, and that's coming up shortly. You want to stay tuned for this, because nobody has analyzed one billion emails um unless it's porn in which case it's a different <laughs> experience altogether. But that's coming up and if you're in business, you're sending out marketing, you're sending out invoices to your clients, this is definitely something you need to look out for. And that's coming up very, very shortly. Um so to keep us going, um I have got to report on a story that has just come out from China. <gasps> oh, yeah. Really? China? Not China. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> um and in fact it's got to do with Intel. So Intel has got this new tech called Real Sense. Uh, have you seen RealSense? Have you heard of it? Uh, not really. What is it? How does okay. RealSense work? So RealSense, basically, what Intel has done is that they basically had a session in China to say, from now on, we don't want you to touch your computers. Hands off the tech. So I should take my
1: hand off Step computer away and... from the machine, okay. which, was
2: a, which was a bit strange because, I mean, why would a technology company tell you to step away from technology? Exactly. And what Intel has done is that they've said, look, over the years – we 've had a lot of iterations of the way we interact with our technology, so we started off by having this touch t- this typewriter thing that you banged away at keys, you then moved away to a keyboard, then there's a yeah. mouse um, and Now the new technology is all about 3D cameras which are being built inside your uh, you know your various I don't know, Lenovo tablets and pcs and what it does is it recognizes the world in 3 d nice. So very much like we do, we see the world in 3D, and basically we can make decisions based on what we see. So what Intel has done has built this technology, made it very, very cheap, very, very easy to use, um, given developers this toolkit so they could write applications for this. And the concept is that you walk in front of your computer, your computer will see you, recognize that it's you, and effectively you don't have to enter a password. It just knows that it's you. Nobody can fake that. Um, No mask can do that. Um, And they've actually tried by having different people wear different masks to look like somebody else mm, that obviously so doesn't no work. pin codes no, none yeah. of that stuff so imagine being able to you know Star Trek kind of stuff you yeah. walk in front of your computer and just so I can put that Alice band around my eyes you can do whatever you want <laughs> um, and that was the whole thing is that you think about all this new technology that can um, detect detect stuff um and basically, someone wearing a pair of sunglasses, amazingly, a billion dollars of technology has just gone down the window because they've wore sunglasses. Yeah. Whereas this stuff, because it's 3D, it lots, looks at lots of features, lots of lots of information, and it takes that information and, and translates that into action. So that's quite cool. I'm actually very excited to see that actually be translated into real technology. And the question that I posed to um, Intel CEO was, Great, in theory, is this one of those things we've got to wait a million years to see. Yeah. So this is not the new Lenovo PCs. They've already got this built in. Nice. So I think watch this step coming around around the next corner. They took a drone and they flew it at 15 miles an hour, Autonomously through a field, uh, through a forest. Wow! Um, you know the others obviously crashed and burned. Yeah, I, I
1: crashed my last <laughs> drone,
2: so I, I, I rest my case. Um, <laughs> but because this drone had this real sense technology built in, it was able to understand the environment and make decisions, basically as if a pilot would. Yeah, and and that was kind of just incredible. Any other potentials for it? Um, I think we're going to see a lot of it kind of in the education field, um, and I think we're going to kind of be clear about it as well. Where Certain applications you still need a keyboard for. Yeah. So if you're typing out an email, hovering your fingers above a virtual keyboard, it's just going to be so frustrating. You're just not going to do it. Mm. Um, but if you're busy cooking something and you want to flip a page, why shouldn't you be able to gesture to your, to your PC to turn over? You know, kind of to the next to the next page. Yeah. Um. And I think that's what they're kind of aiming for to go very, very natural. So it's about pointing. It's about uh, you know interacting the way that a child would interact. Yeah. And if kids can get it, basically, it means that it's. Good good to go. They don't want to do these double tap your elbow on the desk three times because uh, nobody knows what the hell that does. So nothing minority report style? Or- I think it's coming. I think we're going to see drag and drops. We're going to see holding from one board and throwing it onto another board. Things like that. I think it's absolutely. Watch this space. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it just goes to show you how technology has changed over time from, um, you know, the keyboards to the mouse and now it's going to be about this whole virtual reality interacting with your you know with 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 gestures. Yeah. Um it's a long way away since our first mobile phones if you recall. I don't know if you what was your first phone can you remember? Uh it was an Alcatel and then I had a Nokia 3310. Ah, the famous snake phone. Yep. Okay. Um but have you heard something I heard well, this happened when I was away, that they're bringing out this new snake. Yeah. So what's actually happened is the
1: developers as well as rumorless design have come together to bring a reboot to Android, iOS and Windows powered devices yeah. for Snake. So you've essentially a classic Snake on your Android device just with a overhauled interface.
2: Okay. So, so a good old left, right, left, right into the wall did you did? Boy, if you look at your phone, there's no
1: numbers anymore. It's ah. no touch screen. So okay. what the game actually has is it's got a touch interface. So you'll guide the snake around, touch certain points in the phone, make it go left,
2: right, up, down, pick up power-ups, fruit, that sort of thing. So they basically revamped the old classic. Yep. Then how's it going? people downloading it? You, okay, let me ask you this question. How many hours have you got on collecting fruit? Most of, the okay. <laughs> it's most of the weekend okay so, so it's, it's one of those kind of time-killing nostalgic thing i suppose if you had the old phone you would love it because it kind of brings back the old memories do you think the new kids will dig it i think so um i
1: think new teenagers uh young adults also the older generation like us yeah i think everyone's like us make... Older generation <laughs> yeah. did you just say that
2: <laughs> It's a pity
1: this is Daryl's last show, hey? Sure. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the grey-haired
2: execs. Thank, thank, ah, that's my line. Good. I there like we it. go. Well saved. Anna.
1: So, yeah. Uh, what does Reboot include? Well, the marketing pitch for the Reboot states that the game comes with the following features. Yeah. You can rewind the snake to continue the game even after crashing, which uh-huh. is something you couldn't do with the last game. There are different types of special fruit with unique powers and effects. Ten levels, unlike the older Snake, where you just kind of kind of yeah went round and round and round and round. Uh, there's a fruit store where boosters and items can be upgraded and purchased ah, using fruit go. catching that you've collected while playing. Ah,
2: not not, not a purchase in-game stuff.
1: Yeah, there are micro transactions. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to check them out, but okay. it doesn't really seem like there's big need for it.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Interesting. Yeah. So. What else you can do with it is you can compete with other players, high scores, rankings, leaderboards. You can connect with your friends on Facebook and the Game Center. And if you fill the whole screen with the snake, something special happens. I won't tell you what. Ah,
2: it's a cliffhanger. Okay. Um, Okay, and it's available across all platforms?
1: Yep. Android, iOS, and Windows-powered devices.
2: Well, it's nice to see Windows in the game now. Yeah. I mean, just kind of... It's, it's featuring more and more, hmm. it seems, before it was always iOS and Android. Yeah, I think they're pushing forward quite a bit. Okay, so, so it's coming up there. Okay, so if you um, are bored or have a doctor's appointment who's going to be running late for your appointment, or you're sitting in a bank or any of those mundane tasks, download Snake. It's called Classic Snake, right? Uh, it's Or just Snake? It is called Classic Snake for... Okay. Well, Snake Rewind. Snake Rewind. Yeah. Okay. So go look for it in your app store. Let us know how that's, how that works out for you. Um, okay. So coming up after this, we have going to speaking to Walter Penfold, who's the managing director of Everlytic. He's going to be telling us about his late nights reading one billion emails, um, line by line, item by item, and to kind of let us know how do South Africans use their mail? What's going on? Um, is mail dead? Because everybody seems to think that it is. Or... Is it? Well, you should see my inbox. Well, nobody wants to see your inbox. <laughs> that stuff should not be bad. should not be allowed. I'll put my inbox uh, away. Yeah, there we go. Um, all right. So coming up after the break, stay tuned for that bit of information. And just remember, if you want to get a hold of us, um, Cliff Central is the um, Cliff Central com is on Twitter or Cliff Central on Facebook or the WeChat ID is Cliff Central. Um, alternatively, my Twitter handle is at Liron L I R O N underscore S E G E V. Get a hold of us with patience.
0: It's like a diamond, you just have to find it. So if you ever feel like giving up Yeah, it's good that for that. We were romantic flying.
1: And that was Avril Levine with Fly.
2: Oh my gosh, did you hear <laughs> that? That was like from like DJ nineteen seventy three. Nice one Dale. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, that just threw me off. Um <laughs> all right, so we're back with Talking Tech on Cliffcentral.com. Um if you're podcasting us from wherever you are in the world, drop us a mail, let us know where you're coming in from. Good to hear from people abroad. And we have been speaking about various bits of tech, and now we have got the an ultimate kind of guest in our studio, who's going to tell us all about mail and how South Africans are using their email system. So we've got Walter Penfield, managing director of Evalidic. Hello, Walter. Morning, guys. Hey, Walter. All right, are you ready for us? I am. Walter's been listening to us, going, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> okay, fine. Um, all right, so Walter, set us the scene. I mean, set up kind of where we at. Um, you've you've got this research that you've conducted into email. What kind of what is it all about? What prompted you to get going? Give us give us kind of the background.
0: So our company is all about email. That's what we do. We send lots of it. And um it's something that all of us use a hell of a lot of. We spend a lot of time in our inboxes every day. And it's kind of just part of our lives. And we wanted to understand how people actually behave in the inbox. What do they do when they receive spam? What do they do when they receive newsletters from their favorite brand? And we wanted to help marketers to better understand the medium, and we wanted to give them benchmarks on how many people read mails and those types of metrics.
2: Because I mean, I think it's quite that's quite important. Because you know, those who do mail marketing, they've got certain terminology that they use. They've got the how many people open, how many people close, how many people don't even bother to read, and they kind of look at certain things and they make decisions based on that. What What did you find? What's What's give us kind of the, the highlights.
0: Well, we did two pieces of research. The first was we surveyed, um, the online population of South Africa. So there's over 20 million people using online now. And we got over 5,000 respondents. Um, so we think it's a representative sample of the online population. And then the second piece was we analyzed a billion emails that, um, our clients sent in 2014 using our software. Um, to see how many people actually read these mails and what type of things entice people to read mails more and to give them some industry benchmarks in their industry or uh, how they can um, compare the success of their campaigns. So we found that people spend a huge amount of time in their inbox. Um, it is the first thing that people do when they go online. More than 60% of people, the first thing they do is they read their email and the – The second thing, 26% of people um, read the email. Second thing for going going online. So a huge amount of people, first or second, read the email. That's what they do. And we kind of thought, well, don't they go into Facebook? Don't they Hmm. read the news? But no, they actually go into the inbox, which was very interesting.
2: But is that because we communicate via mail? Is that that kind of – I mean because on Facebook you're going to get – bombarded with absolutely everything. Um, social media, you're going to get, I mean, you can't control what comes in, but it doesn't really affect you personally, whereas your mail is very much one-on-one. It's something that's your action that you've got to do today. Some client being a bit of a brat this morning, and you've got to deal with it. Um, you know, so is that why kind of we would gravitate to mail first?
0: I would think so. So um, what we found is that people, as they get into the work environment, email is the de facto communication um, channel, And they most likely go on to see, well, what do I have to do today, look at my calendar, that type of thing. Um, however, we're finding more and more youth uh, that are actually using email as well. We found 60% of people under the age of 20 are using email where you, fi- you think that's strange because aren't they using Mixit and Twitter and Facebook and that kind of stuff. But um, I think it's because, first of all, You have to have an email address to register for absolutely any (laughs) social network. And secondly, we're finding schools and universities are becoming more um, in line with digital communications with, with their students. So they're sending stuff via email that they have to read. So they're getting more involved with email, where three years ago we did a similar research and way less youth were using it. Uh, So I think it's just something that we receive business-critical information on email. We get invoices. We get rewards from our brands, uh, and people are just used to receiving that stuff.
2: Sure. Okay. Um, When it it comes to kind of mobile, um, you know, one of the first things that people set up when you have a mobile phone, as you go through the setup process, you set up your email. Um, Are you finding that people are reading their mails on their mobile phones I mean, I'd, last thing before I go to bed, first thing when you get up in the morning, it's one of those things that you just gravitate towards. Is that what you, what the research is showing as well?
0: Definitely. There's a massive trend. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's quite obvious um, towards reading email on mobile. We found that 61% of people have email enabled on their mobile phone and read email on their mobile phone, which is a huge thing for marketers because... The traditional emails that used to be sent, you can't read them on a mobile phone. The font's too small and they look horrible and they don't render properly. So um, we advocate responsive design for mailers so that when a a mailer gets sent to any type of device, whether it's a tablet or a mobile phone or a desktop or a web client, that it looks good. That same email can look different in different devices, and that's the clever way to do it.
2: I've got to throw in my, my pet peeve into this particular point here, is all those idiots out there who still got a JPEG as their signature, which have got their phone number and website embedded inside a pretty picture. Please stop doing that. It's all pretty, and it's beautiful, but if I'm reading your mail on my mobile phone, I can't click on a telephone number to phone you. It is very, very frustrating. Stop it immediately. Uh, It drives me mad. And look, it's one thing not having a signature at all, which is also another pet. Peeve of mine as well. Best regards, you know, Daryl Lenning. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Is, and then if I want to get a hold of you, now what? Yeah. Okay. I've got to mail you back, which is just frustrating. <laughs> um, but if you're going to have your signature, just have it, might be pretty, et cetera, but have a place that you, it's, it's, you know, your telephone numbers are clickable because we communicate wherever we happen to be. We don't happen to go to a PC, fire it up, go to a landline and then dial a the telephone number anymore. Those days are very much changing. Yeah. Stop it immediately, please. You heard it, uh, so, yeah. Carry on. So
1: from my side, um, what I wanted to ask are a lot of f- folks avoiding marketing emails because they're scared of scams and malicious files infecting their computers.
0: Yeah, so that's a it's a, a massive problem, and in our view, any mail that you receive that you didn't ask for, we classify as spam. Yeah. Um, we were on a mission to legitimize the email channel because we believe it's a very good channel to communicate with your customers with. And um, I think that we found in the research that people are, are still scared. They're still scared of even clicking on the unsubscribe link in a mailer that they asked for. So you ask your favorite brand to send you some information and two months down the line you don't want to receive it anymore. They just delete the email. We find 40% of people just delete it instead of clicking on that unsubscribe link. So we ask the question, why? Why don't you click on it? Because that's what it's there for. The beauty about email marketing is the subscriber can be in control. I can tell you I don't want to receive it anymore. If it's spam, I can market it as spam. I can tell you I can complain. Yet people don't do it. And we found that um, about 60% of people are scared of viruses and phishing. So they don't want to click on the link. Um, because of that. And the other reason is I think if they click on the link, it will verify their email address, which is just complete bollocks.
2: Uh, I mean, it's email marketing is (laughs) cheap. I mean, when you can kind of randomly generate lists and lists and lists and send billions of these things around the world. And I think the whole point is that in the, in in the past, when you said if you don't want to receive this, click here to unsubscribe, it would basically confirm a valid, a valid, a valid email address. And I think that's kind of the notion started from there, saying, well, if I just delete it, I don't know that, that, that I received it. Yeah. But a lot of corporates now are blocking that sort of rubbish anyway with kind of various um, technologies mm. and whitelisting certain companies, blacklisting others, signing up for the spam databases, th- things of that nature.
0: But it's just not true either. So the, um, we know that you've received an email. We can tell because we have the technology to track everything that happens to that email. We can tell what device you're reading it on. We can tell geographically where you are. We know everything about what you're doing with that email. Yeah, there's also the
1: open rate and how many people avoided it, that sort of thing, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So clicking on that unsubscribe link does not verify your email address. It's, it's just, it will actually, in 90% of the cases, when there's legitimate email marketing happening, it will take you off the list.
2: Yeah, the 90%, the 10% is the one that I'm worried about. There, <laughs> there's this stupid company in this country that keeps on changing their domain and they keep on sending courses about this latest upcoming course. They're known as the biggest spammers. And first of all, you can never unsubscribe because it's just, they just ignore you completely. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know who would actually sign up for one of these courses after being spammed to death. And then go, oh, hold on a second. This is a good idea. Let me give you some money. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, spam is what, what we call it when we don't want it. But there's, there's a lot of people that subscribe to companies who do actually want to receive their communications. Um, how are you finding when it comes, when it comes to signing up to a brand's mailing list, when you know it's legit? What are you finding in your, in the research?
0: Well, we're finding that, um, when people are, are asking to receive, um, mail, Uh, 25% of people are actually opening that mail, which is, it seems perhaps like a low percentage, but one in four people are actually opening any particular campaign that gets sent. And... um, it's because you may receive, so we send lots of newsletters for publishers. So mm-hmm. we send for over a hundred magazine titles. So if you subscribe to any of those, you might receive newsletters from them and you're not going to read that newsletter every single day because today you're going to be busy and tomorrow, sure. you, you know, and you might only read one in a week. Um, so, but one in four, four people actually open those mails and they look at the content inside it, which in the context of what email is, is a extremely high, Open rate, and that's why email is a, a extremely high ROI channel because it is fairly cheap, um, and the results are, are pretty amazing. And you can measure absolutely everything down to ROI.
2: And I think tracking and is, is the key is the key word here, where you can see if you've got an email with multiple products, multiple links, you can track each and every single one of them, and then keep on optimizing your campaign until you get it better and better and better at doing it. Um, just, if you want to get a hold of us or be of kind of ask some question, get a hold of us at cliffcentral.com on Twitter, um, or Cliff Central ID on with the WeChat ID. Um, Daryl, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Daryl Lenington or at IT News Africa. Then Walter, you've got a Twitter handle thing too. Yeah, it's at Walter Penfold or at Everlytic. Okay. And then mine, it's at Liron, L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V. And in fact, Paul just sent us a quick, um, dm on
0: my twitter account
2: saying are there any tips for a good subject line to make sure that it gets read
0: avoid things that are in capitals that are red, that have exclamation marks that promise the world uh, research has shown that people do not open those mails; they look like spam so um, we found that if you personalize uh, Mails. It's very important. But the most important thing is, uh, even above the subject line, is actually the from address. So uh-huh. that's the first thing you look at when you receive an email. Where is it coming from? And if you recognize the brand or it looks like a legitimate from address, the second thing you look at is, is this personalized for me? And only the third thing you look at is the actual subject line. So, But avoid um, sounding spammy don't go, These are the most amazing, incredible things you'll never find on the planet. No one will open that email. So be genuine and be legitimate. And the, the thing about email marketing is really trying to understand your audience and sending them something that they want to receive, relevant yeah. content. And if that is relevant to you, if I like motorbikes and it says, new Duc- Ducati has been sure. launched, you know, see the latest video in the subject line, I'm going to open it up. So it's very much got to do with what people want to receive.
2: I suppose with all marketing, it's know thy audience. And if yeah. you can tailor it towards something that's kind of ticked the right boxes, you get much better responses than dear sir-strike-madam. As a valued customer, <laughs>
1: delete. Like right. a lot of the emails I get, as soon as I check the address, if it's got a gmail.com, I leave it alone. Or if it says dear blank, yeah, it's like you can even include my name because you don't know
2: who I am. Uh, I, had a, I had a fantastic one. It says um, dear insert first name here, <laughs> comma, and the first line of the mail says, we take pride in knowing you personally. <laughs> oh, brilliant. there's brackets, okay. insert company name, or hashtag fail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, and what about kind of, I mean, we seem to be going a lot of electronic ways. So statements, invoices, that seems to be the, the right trend. We're saving papers. We're putting the post office out of business, which is great, uh, except for ETOL statements, which somehow keeps on arriving. Um, you know uh, is, is that what what people are doing do people read those statements do you, how are you
0: finding when it comes to bills so so we asked that question um, because we believe that uh, email marketing is not just about sending newsletters it 's about every piece of digital communication that goes out of your organization and you send organizations send lots they send statements they send invoices yeah. they send support tickets they send um, all sorts of welcome mailers. And across every single touch point, you need to be able to have a consistent brand and perhaps a nice marketing message on it. So we asked people, we said, well, uh, do you or do you want to receive invoices and statements via email? And a full 87% of people said yes. So why are brands still sending them via post when they don't even get Posted, because no one's working in the post office anymore. No,
1: but email's are quicker post is, yeah, mail it up now, get it 16 days later.
0: I haven't opened a piece of post in the last two years. I just don't open... There's yeah, just no point. Yeah. There literally isn't just any point.
2: All right. So after the break, we are going to be carrying on um, speaking to Walter about how South Africans are using their mail and um, social media as well. What works better? Does a Facebook post um, with a promotion or an email with a promotion? Let's find out after the break. I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold.
1: We are
0: one. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Seger on CliffCentral.com.
2: And we are back. We have Daryl Lillington from RT News Africa. Hello. How you doing? Still around? Yep, okay, still no, here. Yeah. Just, just checking. look deep in thought there. No, um, I was
1: admiring the microphone. It's a very pretty microphone. From way too close, if you ask me. But okay.
2: Um, and then we have Walter Fonavolitik, who's going to be telling us all about how South Africans use their mail after having analysed 1 billion bits of email communications. And this is Talking Tech on Cliff Central. Well, we make technology nice and simple to use. Now, um, you had a question when we were talking about off-air. Yeah. So, Walter,
1: um, would you say that some individuals are immune to marketing material and marketing
0: emails? Uh, I think that's a great question. Uh, I feel that like we live a, in a society where you can go and get whatever information you want. So, yeah. if you want to purchase something, you can Google it. You can go and look it up. You can look at their web page. There's, we almost want to go and find that information for ourselves rather than being blasted by advertising all over the place. And advertising, yes, it's, obviously it works, um, but it must be entertaining, it must be fun, you must be hooked by it and all those different things. I think that uh, most people these days, though, if they want to receive promotions from a brand, they will subscribe to their newsletter or they yeah. will ask them, please send me some promotions. I want to know more or give me more information about what you do. And we're moving more into this environment where people are in control of what they want. And they want to be able to control what marketing you are sending to me. And that's the important point now.
1: Yeah. So when I look at my inbox, obviously, I'm so subscribed to, to a few things, uh, obviously, like gaming-related, tech-related content and all of that. So the other stuff I tend to ignore, but my wife will be like, look, 50% discount at this store. And then I look at her and go, but how much do we have to spend to get that
2: discount? So you're skeptic. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think don't forget because of the business I suppose, that we're in and we're in this technology sphere, we might look at it slightly different than your average kind of consumer that's out there. Since we understand the machine, we understand the PR, we understand the marketing behind it. But there's a lot of people out there who, and, and there's a lot of genuine offers out there. Yeah. That people, you know, feet in, it's so competitive now. Each retailer trying to compete with another. They've got to come up with these special offers. Mm. So Game has got this amazing, um, model where every Thursday they discount a whole bunch of stuff because they want you in, 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 in the door. And once you're in, then you'll spend not just on the special, but you'll spend on other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, as opposed to you going to yet another, uh, another retailer, I suppose, right?
0: And I receive, um, an invoice from one of my favorite clothes retailers. And every single month, I look at that invoice because I want to know, you know, did they get it right, first of all. Hmm. But then in the body of the email, it's a whole bunch of promotions. And, you know, okay, we noticed that you are buying this particular brand. Have you thought about buying this other product and we'll give you 20% off? And I believe that because this is a legitimate brand that I buy stuff from. They know me. They actually know my purchasing behavior and they're providing specials that work for me. You
2: see, but that that makes sense to me because what drives me insane – is, and we're speaking about this off air as well, is that when you go online and you do a search for something specific, you'll be blasted with that same bit of um, banners. It doesn't matter which website you call yeah. it, you go to, they call it remarketing, and the same bits of information comes up. Now, when that comes up and you've already bought that item, I'm not buying another one. Surely, like, what you're saying makes more sense, where you're saying, since you've bought this pair of jeans, how would you like these pair of shoes that go with those jeans? That makes more sense, more sense to me, no?
0: Exactly. I, I mean, I bought a ice making machine off one of our favorite e-commerce Um, Websites recently and for the next week they try to sell me that same ice making machine on every single web page that I went to whether I was in Facebook or wherever and I'm okay so fair enough that's that's half clever you maybe want to sell me something else that's related but the the worst thing for me about it is I didn't ask you to blast me with a whole bunch of additional things I'm in Facebook to chat to my friends organize a school reunion I don't want you to send me a whole bunch of stuff if I wanted I'll ask for it.
2: Um, Leon sends a question on Twitter to say he wants to know about e-commerce and how that has changed over time in South Africa. What are you finding?
0: uh, E-commerce is obviously growing rapidly we've seen um the biggest investment into e-commerce um with take a lot getting a billion sure. billion rand and lots of consolidation in the industry and it's it really is taking off and from we we seeing it from our perspective in how people um respond to promotions on email so and and whether people buy s- from something they've seen in email and we're seeing a, a huge growth in people getting promotions via email, and actually uh, telling us that they've purchased something via email. And that's because e-commerce companies send a lot of emails. It's a huge part of their strategy. Yeah, sure. They generally send daily mailers, and um, they are driving a lot of traffic to the web, and people are trusting you know, online more and more.
2: But I think a lot of the companies that do it well um, understand the data, and they mine the data considerably. So they every single piece of communication that goes out is so personalized and so towards what you're looking for. You can't help but buying the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Amazon does this pretty amazing you look up one item and it doesn't tell you about that item anymore, but it will tell you about all related items that you should be thinking if you're buying this particular item. Um and you ultimately land up spending and spending and add yeah. to cart, add to cart and go, mm. So it started out being four dollars. Nice. Yeah, well that's what started out being is a four dollar purchase. Um just oh, but it's only an extra three dollars for this and it's extra ten dollars for this and becomes and you build and build.
0: And even bricks and mortars retailers are doing that very well with their loyalty programs and really understanding your buying behavior. Uh, maybe I can tell you just a quick interesting story mm. about a, a U.S. retailer, which uh, it's, it's been in the news a lot, but um, a lot of people might know it. There's one called Target in the U.S. Sure. Yeah. And what they did is they analyzed what people are purchasing. And if they purchase certain types of oils or creams, mm. there's a likelihood that, these, that they would be pregnant. Yeah. So they would start marketing baby products to them. And at once, one stage, there was a 14-year-old girl that was receiving uh, a personalized catalog to buy baby products. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine her father went up in arms, oh, sure. created a huge stink, went to the press, and wanted to sue Target. turns out she was pregnant. Uh-huh. So Target knew before Be sure. the father knew that... His daughter was pregnant. Well, that's, that's nice, insane. but the tech
2: knows you're about to get divorced before you are, you know.
0: <laughs> but that's that sort of creepy line when but you sure. actually know too much about your consumer that you're no, predicting absolutely. stuff that is just but way too creepy. That's
2: the whole big data stuff is that everything's linked to everything else where your mobile phone is linked to your email, which is linked to your purchases, which is linked to your, I don't know, your mobile payment. Everything is linked together and yeah. because those silos are starting to break down and not everyone is working kind of independently anymore, people know a hell of a lot of us about us. In fact, more than we do. Um, and at times they're exactly this is they predict stuff that's going to happen just based on the kind of purchase behavior that you happen to be doing that time. Um, and if you want to test this out for yourself, go into like a Google search and do an obscure search, holiday apartments in Paris or something. Yeah. And you'll see for the next while, absolutely everything comes up. has got to do with Paris Apartments.
1: On that note, I actually published a few photos from my Kenya trip, yeah. um, as well as my trip to the States. And on my sidebar, on the advertising bar on Facebook, I've actually got uh, book tickets to Orlando there or
2: get discounted rates on your next travel trip. See, so it knows absolutely what you're up to, where you've been, and don't forget, wherever you're going, you're leaving a little bit of a footprint um, from wherever you are in the world. Yeah, just Digital because it, footprint. It, it has to be, um, it's got to be able to send you information back, and based on that, they kind of get to know to know more about you. Um, so spam is kind of like the, the overall term that we call the stuff that we don't. Want. Um, but it, it seems to me from the research that you that you're saying is email still works. Email still the primary way to get a customer to actually click and buy something Um, but it's got to be done right Is is that kind of what you're finding as well
0: yeah that's what we're finding I, I think that email being a fairly old medium, we got quite used to um, being marketed to marketed to in the inbox. I think legislation like poppy that's come out and made the environment a lot stricter um, where you have to opt in to receive information has changed the nature of email marketing and we're seeing less and less spam spam filters have got better and you know people are are Wanting to receive promotions via email. We actually asked people, would you, where would you like to receive your promotions? And 63% of people said they wanted via email versus 6% via Facebook, which we found very interesting. And maybe that is again because we are used to receiving that type of information in our sure. inbox, and we've asked for it, and yet now it comes. But when I'm on Facebook, uh, it's not the environment that I want to be advertised to. So, and I'm not dissing Facebook. I think of that course. it's a great medium, um, but I'm just saying that there's a place for email.
2: A time and a place for everything. Yeah. So finally, any last bit of tips? If I'm about to send my mass mailer today to my clients, what should I be looking out for? What should I be doing or not doing?
0: I think if you're just starting out, um, you need to know that you can't, uh, do it overnight. You cannot buy a database and spam people. That spray and pray doesn't work. You need to start collecting information from your customers, from your friends, people that want to receive information and build an email list over time. Um, bigger brands start with their customers. They then look at uh, prospective customers mm. um, and then they start looking at collecting other information through promotions where people want to receive it. So take time to build a legitimate quality database of people that want to receive your information and then mine that data The beauty about email marketing is that you own your own data. When you're advertising in other mediums, wherever you're advertising, they own the data. Facebook owns the data. Twitter owns the data. Email marketing, you own it. Collect lots of information about those people and send legitimate stuff that people want to receive.
2: And at the end of the day, less is actually more if it's less people buying your stuff versus millions of people who are just pressing the delete button. I'd rather have less people who are actually translating that into sales. Um, gotcha. If anyone wants to get a hold of this report, is it available online? Is it um, available to be purchased? How does that work?
0: It's been um, released exclusively for the people that uh, came to our event and some of our customers. So it's embargoed for about a month, but in a month's time we will release it online and um, they'll be go- able to go onto to and download it.
2: Right, so keep your browser hooked into that. And then finally, your um, Twitter account. So you, I'm sure you'll post the link once it's up.
0: What would that be? Um, it's at Walter Penfold or at Everlytic.
2: Fantastic. Walter, well, thanks for joining us and thanks, teaching Walter. us about South African consumer behavior.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Taking a tally of every day we lost. Taking a vacation taking a sick day we rocked. Number of old men will be lost. Doing around to paying the cost. We'll wave past the sunshine and ice cream. I pray it's not a pipe dream. As dumb as it might seem. When we're grown up, we still like me. We'll lost forever. We don't know
1: any better. And that was Rayleigh Ritchie with the greatest.
2: I'm picturing you in this like Hawaiian shirt and like in some cheesy DJ booth, <laughs> some nightclub. Oh, God. Um, oh, well, that was quite interesting. Um, you know, we, a lot of people think email is dead and it's like just done and dusted. Yeah. Interesting to see that the youth are still using mail mm. you know, for me communicating, but, um, makes a very good point the fact that you can't register for any service these days without an email address.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Like whether you're using Skype or anything. Like pretty any much service. So has email still got a hold of us at the end of the day? Because without mail, you can't get online to absolutely anything.
1: Mm. I mean, even your PlayStation Plus yeah. account, you need an email address for that.
2: You can't get going without it, wh- without it, yeah. effect- effectively. Um, you know, I try to set up some, um, some services for my kids on their phone and the first thing you, they want is an email address yeah. and you can't bypass that at all. So either you end up signing up on behalf of your kids or they've got to get their own email. Exactly. Um, is there any age restrictions with Mail? No. No, not really. Not anymore, eh? Hey? No. Well, I mean, like, Instagram has got like age of 16. Um, I know like
1: Instagram's filtering out a lot of le- like those nudie pictures and stuff like that. And I right. think
2: they are. Trying to get into that. <sighs> yeah. But I think but you'll but be able to sign up for Facebook. These are, these, for Facebook, there's an age restriction. There's um, a minimum age requirement. Yeah, isn't uh, it 13? I think Instagram as well, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Um, Although there's nothing really checking to make sure that you've told them the truth on it anyway. Okay. So you still need an email address. But you still need, but either way you need an email address. Um, right. so I suppose if you're still in, if you're gonna send anything out, if you make it personal and if people are, want to receive your stuff, there's more likely that they'll read it, there's more likely that they'll click through and then hopefully make a purchase. Yeah. I know we send, um, you know, and newsletter for, for the blog and people, and we see how many people read it and how many people click through it. Um, and the more personalized we make it, the more, the, the better the response are.
1: But you gotta attract that sort of content though.
2: Yeah. And, and because people have signed up because they wanted it, they're gonna read it as opposed to me just buying a database and spamming basically everyone who could give a continental about tech. What's the point? A bit of a waste of, a bit of a waste of money. Exactly. And kind of devalues the brand anyway. And speaking of brands and devaluing or of the opposites Um, You picked up a very cool article about the top 10 top, what 10 top most valuable brands have been revealed.
1: Yep. So according to a survey conducted by MillwoodBrown.com, Apple has been listed as the world's most powerful brand. Shocker. The company's got a 67% (laughs) increase in estimated value. Apple is said to be worth USD 247 billion dollars. That's almost like
2: what in cussed, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably just a pool. Just a pool, right? Sure. Okay, so going back to research, the following nine brands have also made the top 10 list. So we've got Google, who's valued at 173.6 billion US dollars. Uh, moving into third place is Microsoft, which is 115 billion dollars. IBM's at fourth, with a USD value of 93.9 billion dollars. Visa's in fifth place uh, with $91.9 billion. Then we've got the American companies like AT&T at number six. Then Verizon is valued at $86 billion, while Coca-Cola is valued at $83.8 billion. Wow. McDonald's moves into ninth position with $81 billion. You wouldn't say that, though, because they're very popular. $81 billion is a lot of burgers, dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money, though. Yeah. And then lastly, we have Marlboro, which is valued at $80 billion.
2: So, I mean, if you look at the top 10 companies, there's, most of them are tech. Yeah. Um, we have a food outlet, two food outlets, Coca-Cola yeah. and McDonald's. Um, and then we've got um, some communications with AT&T and Verizon. Yeah. And then Visa, the people who actually take our money or make a credit card um, are in there as well. But I mean, Apple is 247 billion, and that's number one, and number 10 is 80 billion. There's a big of a gap there.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. And, and the fact that they've just like kicked Google out of first position.
2: Sure. Okay. So there, 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 there you have it. So wherever you're spending money, somebody's getting wealthier, and it's not us. Exactly. <laughs> so some pause that. <laughs> All right. Very cool. So that's on that high note. Um, that wraps up. So if you've got Apple, if you've got Apple shares, um i'm 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 glad I'm glad you do um if you got Google shares or you don't you really yeah, should, should, should should get into that um Microsoft's still up there one hundred and fifteen billion yep that's third place that's that's still not bad okay so I suppose it's anybody's game well exactly I suppose the investors are making a lot of money oh yeah all right cool <laughs> where can we invest in, in the top ten obviously obviously buy buy lots of McDonald's and drink lots of coke <laughs> let's get them up there we <laughs> avoid Marlboro, though. Marlboro apparently. Uh, well, it with the way price of cigarettes are going these days anyway, it's probably yeah, cheaper it's- to buy Google than <laughs> <laughs> it is to have a smoke. Okay, just saying. All right, Daryl, thanks for being with our host. Thanks for wrapping up another cool tech show. Thanks for having me. We'll, we'll certainly do that again. And uh, this wraps up another Talking Tech with the Techie Guy on Cliff Central. If you need to get a hold of us, it's cliffcentral.com is the website. All our podcasts are there. You can actually download all the past episodes as well. Um, alternatively, Daryl, your Twitter account? Uh, at Daryl Lennington or at itnewsafrica.com. For some more tech news, and otherwise mine is at Liron underscore Segev, S-E-G-E-V, or thetechyguy.com. Until next week. Cheers.
0: Talking Tech with the techie Guy, Liron Segev, on cliffcentral.com.